Welcome to Cocktails Over Coffee, a podcast that spotlights truly inspiring individuals that have taken a leap of faith by leaving their corporate careers, otherwise known as their coffee, to pursue their passion, otherwise known as their cocktail. I'm Janae Green, and I am so excited to be here today with Kenneth. Hi, how Thanks are you? Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having Cheers. me. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. For sure. I'm excited to talk about what you were doing and what you've been up to because you have you have a really cool transition a really cool story <laughs> it's been very interesting <laughs> to say the least yeah it's, it's been fun to watch it, uh, thank you i appreciate <laughs> it and you i feel like you've been there from like the beginning the very beginning it, so you so know i had javel on here not too long right ago. i just finished we the episode about, yep yeah the, the no names in the beginning mm-hmm. so yeah we'll talk about all of that but from your perspective because it's probably a different perspective right. as well so um let's start from what what your coffee was so my coffee was i moved here in 2012 right after graduating from morehouse and i was a fashion buyer for six years for macy's and then i transitioned to the fashion office okay um and i was a fashion director there Mm -hmm. and uh, i loved it honestly like you know i interned doing such fun stuff yeah like i interned with the company um my junior year of college and then they offered me a full-time position so as soon as i graduated i came back Mm -hmm. and it was really fun i mean i think that going into buying i thought that it was going to be a bit more glamorous than what it really was right it was a lot of crunching numbers excel i mean i went to school for like business like marketing so like it made sense i was great at it yeah but i was missing that creative piece right 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 so when i was when I moved here, we were still blogging with the no names. Mm-hmm. So like that was really like a really big focus for us because we wanted to eventually have that become like our full time like right. you're, situation. You're yeah, right. you wanted to be bloggers. Exactly. So time went on and honestly, like, you know, the blogging thing was cool for a while, but like Jovelle really, really loved it. Yeah. <laughs> and I kinda like fell out of love with it, I think. Okay. Um, just being around like just so many different type of people and just kind of seeing like what they were doing. I was like, I don't know how I really connect with this anymore. Interesting. Okay. So I was like, you know, let me like start doing my own thing. So with that, I got interested in going into the fashion office at Macy's. Mm -hmm. So that was a huge transition. It went from basically being like in Excel all day to being in like showrooms and in fashion shows. Right. Out and about meeting people. Right. Right. So that was the part where I was like, okay, like this is what I came to New York for. Yes. So that happened. And I mean... I fell out of love with that too. Yeah. It was one of those things where I was getting my job done in like two days. Like it wasn't a challenge. Yeah. It became too easy. Exactly. Yeah. And like it was one of those things where, you know, outside of working for Macy's, I was making connections within the city. Mm -hmm. And then the company wanted me to use my personal connections for their things and really wasn't trying to like, you know, compensate for that. Yeah. So that's Mm -hmm. when I was like, you know what? What's going on here? And then I started DJing as a hobby. Okay. And where, where did that come from, though? So was that something <laughs> that just like, did you always have it in you or? So in high school, like I was always that kid that would make like mix CDs yes. and like give them to my friends. Yes, burn CDs. And did you write the, t- all the titles yes, on the CDs? Yes, I did all of that. Yeah. And I've always been into music. Okay. I went to um, a school of the arts. Okay. So like I've always had that background, but like I never thought I would be a DJ. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't until... I moved to New York City, going to so many different events like mm-hmm. Fashion Weekend, Fashion Dinners. I mean, right. you know what right. that world all is. Right, all that fashion world, yeah. all the events. Right, but like back, you know, like three, four, five years ago, I feel like the companies were hiring the same people all the time. Yeah, always. Yeah. It was like the one, like, 
fashion DJ. Right. That DJed everything. Right. But now today you have so many, so therefore it's like there's a diverse in sound, but yeah. I was so sick and tired of hearing the same thing right. at every event I went to. Yeah, and I was doing playlist. like three or four events a week. Yeah. So I remember complaining to my friend and he was like, you know what? Like, stop complaining about it. Like, why don't you do it yourself? So being the Pisces that I am, right? like I just went on Amazon, I ordered a controller. Um, I went to YouTube and I just like started teaching myself. And really? that's when Snapchat was big. I would yes. put all my practice videos. Right. And then people would hit me up like, come DJ my party. Really? I had no idea what I was doing, but okay. like, I just fell in love with it. And then so I got better. So friends at first were the ones that were like, come, you're, yes. you're good at this. The fr my friends like wanted me to come out. Um, I probably like messed up a lot of times, but like nobody probably. No, yeah, like right. it, it, like it's a it's been a growth, a growth, yes. a growing process. Yeah. But I will say that like you know my friends have been very beneficial in like putting me on to you know different events and things that kind of help me get to where I am today. Yeah. Okay. So. And so you obviously you were you know moving up at Macy's but falling out of love with it quickly mm -hmm. with each move right so then was there a moment that you actually knew and felt comfortable with the idea of leaving your full-time job with your benefits with your salary right or was it just like it happened all, su all of a sudden well I mean like you know being in New York City it's a very expensive city yeah so <laughs> there was a time where I was like you know I'm making good money I'm able to like go out like you know buy things and live, your life. live my life right. you know right, like right. it was great and I was DJing on the side and doing corporate at the same time. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until the DJ gig started picking up and I remember just being exhausted all the time. Yes. Because I would be at work from like, you know, 9.30 to like 6. Mm -hmm. I will probably do like an event from like 6 to 7. Yeah. Then I would like rush to like a Starbucks bathroom change, Thank go to a DJ set wow. and like probably get home around like 3 or 4 in the morning. Oh my gosh. And I remember just being like in meetings and my coworkers are like Kenneth like are you here yeah and I was like no nope, I'm not you weren't and I couldn't bounce anymore and I told my parents I was like you know like I want to pursue this mm -hmm. you know I'm here to the point where I think I can like really live my lifestyle off of DJing yeah and you know my parents are just kind of like you know we believe in you yes like but make sure you're ready like yeah but we are going to support you like in your decision right that's and that's great that's, right you had that support system behind you it wasn't until one day I was basically promised a promotion mm -hmm. that I did not get that I knew I deserved based on my work ethic and my results and what I'm bringing to the company okay. where I was like you know what am I really valued here yeah and I'm like I'm not gonna bust my ass and continue to be exhausted and stressed out if I'm not being rewarded, rewarded for, that. for that exactly and so, you knew what you deserved yeah I remember going to the mothering room <laughs> like in my office yeah. and I called my mother and I just like broke down crying because I just oh, felt wow. defeated Wow. And she was like, you know, your feelings are valid. Yeah. Like, take some time to calm down. Call mm -hmm. your father. And I thought my father was going to be like, you know, no, give it some time. Like, you're okay. Right. But he was like, okay, it's Friday. So Monday, quit. Really? Yeah. He was like, you need to stop prolonging this situation because yeah. the longer you prolong it, you're going to talk yourself out of, out of it every time. Exactly. So he was like, you think you're ready? I mean, he was like, at this point, you've been doing things that, like, have showed me that you are capable yeah. of, like, supporting yourself by DJing and so do it right you never know did that like kind of validate your decision having your father say that to you yes because you you're right usually you're expecting the like okay well are you sure have you given it right. time but like having him be like go do it and my parents are very like liberal parents yeah very supportive um, yeah. they always have been but they're still all about like 
you know, structure yeah, and making yeah. sure that you're going to be okay. You got a paycheck. You can pay your <laughs> exactly, bills. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, like, there were things, and, you know, my mother works, Um, she's, like, in human resources. So, like, mm-hmm. she knows, like, with benefits and all that stuff, like, I would be, like, walking away from. Yeah. So, that was a whole other conversation I had to really have and, like, process. But mm-hmm. all in all, they were super supportive. So, what was the process like of resigning? Like, how did you prepare for it? Were you saving? Were you making enough from your gigs to support yourself? So I knew that eventually I wanted to obviously like DJ full time. Okay. So a lot of the money that I was getting from my like side hustle at the time. Yeah. Um, I was saving. Okay. I was saving and I was like, you know, using my salary to kind of like, you know, just Live rent everything and, else. Yeah. But a lot of people always ask me, how much did you save? Yeah. And they're like, well, did you save, like, you know, because, like, Jovelle, Jovelle saved, like, two years worth of... I was shocked. I was shocked. Honestly, kudos to him. I don't even know how that's possible. I, I don't either. <laughs> Living in New York City, maybe I, like, went to too many brunches or something. Clearly, but, too many happy hours. I have no idea how you could save two years worth. I don't know either, but I did save up a bit, Um, but it wasn't, like, a big amount, but I just, I just kind of, like, jumped. You, you... That's exciting, though. It was. It was scary as hell. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. But, like, I was like, you know what? I have faith in myself. Like, I have faith in God and, like, my calling. Like, it's going to work itself out. It it always does. Exactly. And, and like, I mean, I would love to say I had, like, six months or two years saved up. I had enough to get me to a certain point. And I was like, I think it's just going to work itself out after this. And And it does. It's like, you have to be very, like go strong go hard like about what it is that you want right exactly and you know what i've learned even like almost what three years in of like entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. it's a roller coaster it absolutely there are months where you have like so much money coming in where you're like okay let me pay my rent for three months let me go buy me a new bag let me go on a trip right you're living and then there's those months where you're like I oh, can't shit. leave my apartment. Exactly. Right. But, you know, just understanding that that is not, like, you're not alone in that feeling, in that yes. reality. Because, like, that's the reality of, you know, being an entrepreneur or, like, just following your dreams. Yeah. So, it's been a process. And I think I'm going into my third year of being, like, on my own. Has it been three years? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, like, two and a half. Yeah, going into three years, I believe. That's yeah. crazy. And it makes more sense now. It does. Like, I'm feeling a lot better about things, about decisions yeah. and just where things are going. Did, was there anything that you learned from your time at Macy's that helped you with what you're doing now? Or do you think it was just kind of to prepare you to do something else? I mean, corporate life is very interesting. I, I will say company culture taught me a lot. Yeah. Just how, like learning how to deal with people that yep. you may not necessarily like or get along with but just always being professional and presenting yourself in the best way possible yeah so like there are so many things that i've like had to deal with at my corporate job that has taught me valuable lessons for like what i do now yeah so i love my time there um i still have like great connections and relationships with people i work with yeah um i actually like dj events for macy's i was gonna say so is did your old your your coffee become your client yeah they actually did and it was the first time it happened I was so like taken back because I'm like, you know, I'm coming into this building now is like talent almost like on, on the yeah. other side. Yeah. As talent. Yeah. And it's right. just it's it's a full circle moment. It really you is. You know, but it's I'm very appreciative of, you know, the support and love that I still have at that company. And so how did your team take it when you resigned? Were they also supportive or were they surprised? So my team, like especially like my co-workers, like not my boss, but like my like my le- my level. Yes was just like, 
they always would say, you need to quit. Like, why are you still here? Because really? they would see me on, like, you know, they follow me on Instagram. And, like, I would tell them stories about, like, what I was doing and, like, you know, things that were going on. They're like, why are you still here? Right. And I'm just like, well, <laughs> until it makes sense. Exactly. I'm going to be, be here. here. And then I remember telling my boss. And she was like, you know what? Like, I'm so proud of you. Oh, like, that's amazing. You know, she's like, I know that you're going to, like, just, like, excel. Yeah. Um, she's like, do like, whatever you need, I'm here for you. Like, I'm happy. Like, I support you. So, like, you know, spread your wings and fly. That's so amazing. they were very supportive. So you quit your job, and you obviously, at this point, we know that DJing is your cocktail mm -hmm. and what you're doing full-time now. So who was your first client post-Macy's? Oh, do my you gosh. I don't remember. <laughs> I do remember my first like big client. Okay. Well, no, this was that. actually during Macy's. Okay. Um, it was like right when I was I was about to leave, probably probably a month or two before I left. Mm -hmm. Um, Dolce and Cabana. Yes. I, I DJ like that. an in-store event for them, and it was just like mm -hmm. so surreal because it, that was my first moment, like not just being a DJ, but they were like, you know, we want you to come in and get fitted, like mm -hmm. car service. And I was like, the whole, what is that, this? You were talent. Yeah. Like, real. And I had like, you know, seen it on Instagram and like people that I look up to, yep. but like the fact that I was actually like living something that I aspired to like always have, like yeah. or want was really humbling. Like a pinch me moment. Exactly. Yeah. And then like after that, I did a really big gig for, um, for Diddy had a party for Cassie mm -hmm. and me and Olivia Dope did like her album release party at um, Up and Down. Okay. So that was fun. And then after that, just things like just started taking off. Really? So like, it, I can't remember like the first event after Macy's, but yeah. like it was just like a, just a trickle effect. And so how did you go about getting clients? Like, how did you go about letting people know that you were DJing full time? Um, were you reaching out to your contacts? Was it word of mouth? It was a little bit of both. Mm -hmm. um, luckily, a lot of my clients like just from the connections I made within the fashion industry. Yeah. You know, like, I would see them at events or we would go to brunch and, like, it would come up in conversation. Right. But honestly, social media has been such a big component of, like, where I am today. Really? Just, How did you use social media to really promote yourself? Just, like, you know, if I'm practicing at home, like, mm -hmm. just posting videos of that. Yeah. Um, you know, dropping mixes. Um having photo shoots which sounds like so cliche but like it's just you gotta it's, have content yeah it's, yeah content is king <laughs> yeah. you know and it's it's one of those things where a lot of people are like i think older djs did they don't understand what it takes or what goes into branding as a dj today it's very different especially in new york city yeah it's like these clients want you to have and it's it's sad but it's reality they want you to have a certain number of followers they want you mm -hmm. to have a specific look like yeah it's all the things that they ask for before they even actually kind of hear you DJ. Yeah. And I'm like, well, do you want to know like what my mixes sound like? Well, it's, it's almost like now DJs are influencers. They are. And yeah. so it's literally like they're looking at you as an influencer first and then they're like, okay, well, I'm sure you can play music. Yeah. Like, do you fit that look? Especially when you're dealing with the media, the fashion, yes. like those clients. And that's the, that's the mindset you have to have. Yeah. Especially when you're working in this like realm of DJing when it comes like, you know, fashion and entertainment. Right. You know, like there's DJs that just do like clubs and like bars where like they don't have to worry about that. Yes. But when you're consumer facing, mm -hmm. like it just, it makes sense. It's very different. So did the blogging that you did prior to Macy's, like when you at first, when yeah. you're still in college, did that help you? Absolutely. With where you're at now? Absolutely. I think that, you know, my major of marketing and then like my love for like just creative things, mm -hmm the blog aspect made sense yeah. and then that component just helped me as a dj because it's just like okay people want to see what's going on in like your life yeah so it's a way to like 
show who you are and what you're about, but just remain authentic in it. And I think like mm-hmm. that's the key to like just success today. Yeah. It's just being authentic. Cause there's yeah. so many people out there on Instagram that kind of like paint this whole facade of who they are. And right. that comes to light eventually. Eventually, yeah. We we all see through it. Right. Yeah, exactly. So it's just like, you know, you have to create a moment, create a memory, but just also be authentic and create in that moment. Yeah. So. Especially with like DJing, you are out at all hours. You are yeah. You know, your gigs would probably be from a breakfast to a party that goes till 4 a.m. Yeah. So how has that changed your approach to actually going out? Has it at all? Because, like, your your job is to be at some of these parties. Right. So, like, do you still go to parties for pleasure? Is it more, like... It's so crazy because changed? last night I had a birthday dinner. I was actually off last night. Yeah. Um, which is where on a Saturday for me. And I went to go see my two other friends DJ. Okay. And it was just so weird just, like, not being in the DJ booth because... Being at a party not... that. Yeah. 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 But it's so important because, like, when you just go to your events, you get so caught up in, like, in your head and, like... Yes. You only kind of like play from your perspective. So it's good to see like, you know, what other fellow DJs are doing. Mm -hmm. And it's also a community. Like, you know, you have to support each other. Exactly. And it's really important for me to also like continue to go out when I'm not working because like I can meet someone who becomes my next client. Exactly. So it takes a lot of willpower and Mm -hmm. a lot of like, you know, talking myself, talking to myself in the mirror, like, get up, you're going. Yes, you have at there's the end, a, it's all worth it. Yeah, there's a good reason for it. Yeah. And, like, were, are, was there any, um, like, not really prep work, but education that, like, once you were fully committing yourself to DJing, did you do any more studying on the craft? Or, like, how did you really, like, make sure that you were an expert in your space? Every single day, like, and I still have so much to learn. So, just, yeah. like, I think, like, one, just getting more familiar with the DJ scene and DJ culture in New York City, you become mm-hmm. more respected. Yeah. So, therefore, like, you have... You're, you create like a DJ family. Right. And a lot of my friends that like I hang out with on the daily are also DJs. So like, mm-hmm. you know, we teach each other things. Right. Um, you know, we share contacts and like put each other on. But honestly, when I'm at home, like I'm always watching like, you know, documentaries or like YouTube videos or practicing mm-hmm. things that people don't always see. But it's so important in order to like continue to ele- elevate my brand and my craft as a DJ. Yeah, because absolutely. it's one of those things where it's like there's always something new to learn. Yeah. You know, you can mm-hmm. always get better. So there was a moment where I was getting so busy where I was like just being super booked that I didn't really have time to practice. Yeah. And I told my manager, I was like, I have to lay low a little bit mm-hmm. on some of these bookings because like I have to put time in my craft. Yes. Yeah. And I have to take at least like, you know, two hours a day to really like yes. practice and make sure I'm like honing in on my skills. Yeah. You needed so. your downtime. Definitely. Exactly. And so, so you, you right now have representation. Yes. And so how did you go about finding that? Like what, what's that like being represented? Cause you weren't always. Under. No. Okay. I was not. <laughs> and a lot of people always ask me like, I want a manager. How can I get a manager? And mm-hmm. honestly, like it's going to come to you. Yeah. Okay. And I think that like, you know, when I was, when people started getting more familiar with me as a DJ, a lot of people started reaching out Okay. about representing me. But a lot of people that really didn't have the skill of representing people. You were kind of going to be their guinea pig. Yeah. Okay. And I'm like, this is my career and I don't have you time to be your guinea pig. This nope. is not a test lab. Okay? Not at all. <laughs> we can grow together, but I need you to know what you're doing. Yes. So, honestly, my manager now, Ernest James of New Orleans Management, he also represents um, Kayla Walker. I know. Yep, exactly. Yes. So, she actually put me in contact oh, nice. with him. Okay. Um, Kayla and I like were doing a few events t- together and, you know, just building our 
relationship as a friend, like yeah. as friends. Yeah. And she's like, you know, I want you to meet my manager. I think you all can like really grow and connect. So EJ and I met, and we honestly like didn't start working together right away. Okay. It was just kind of like learning each other and kind of like seeing where his head was, where my head was. Right, right, right. And then I think like maybe eight months to like 10 months later, we kind of like sat down and we're like, okay, like let's build something. Okay. And ever since then, it's been amazing. And are you one of his first DJ clients? Or? Yes. Uh, okay. Yes. But like, so he represents like media correspondents. I'm, yes. I'm like the only DJ on the roster. He has like a dancer um, and some other like influences of color. Amazing. And so you, word of mouth was like the best yeah. way for you because. Yeah. I mean, like I put it, I, I used to put it out there, like tweet about it, like, you know, looking for representation, but okay. like the people that were coming back to me just didn't feel like a good fit right and my thing is like if you're managing or helping manage my career if you're seeing all the money that's coming in yes. i need to trust you yeah. we need to like align on visions yeah Amazing. and a lot of times i did it by myself by creating like <laughs> this is a hack okay. but a lot of times when talent is booking certain certain gigs yes. or whatever if you're booking it as a talent mm -hmm. like say for instance like I'm the DJ and like they're talking directly to me. Right. A lot of times they're not going to give you your full rate or. Right. Because they just feel like they're whatever. Gonna, yeah. They lowball you at first. Exactly. Right. I have and to you do don't, that. With right. Yeah. And you don't want to be like the bad. You don't want to come off as like being the bad guy because like or you don't want to lose the with. job. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So therefore you put someone in place to do that. Yeah. And for a while, for like three months, I had um, an email address that I created. Yes. And I was pretty much acting as my own manager. I love that. And. It was one of those things where like it made so much more sense because I'm like, wow, I just got like three thousand dollars more because someone else was because someone else was doing it exactly. It was you though, and it was no back and forth. It was just like, okay, cool. What else that does he need? Very smart. So you know, I tell people all the time like you kind of like you can do it yourself. Yeah. But also like you know, just make sure if you do sign with management that you all are aligned on yes. goals, growth, yeah. and everything. Right. And so what what is that negotiation process like? Because obviously like. I mean, I know from working in events and hiring many DJs, mm -hmm. you have you lowball at first, yeah. and you know that. <laughs> yeah. And so, how do you how do you deal with that negotiation process? Are there any times that you are like, "This is a great rate, I'm going to accept it," or do you always negotiate? You know, it's it's one of those things. Me and Ernest, we always have this thing, and we say, "Is it brand building? Is it bank building?" Okay. And sometimes you have to meet in the middle. Okay. Um, you know, especially when you're kind of like when I first started getting bigger clients, like yeah. a year and a half almost two years ago i wasn't really established as like the go-to like you know dj in fashion or whatever yeah so i had to like prove myself right so therefore i'm not going to ask for like a the super world. super right. high rate yeah honestly my rate and my negotiation didn't really like change until one day this client made a mistake and sent me the tech writer and the contract for another DJ that was on the same bill as me. So I saw what she was getting wow. versus what I was asking for. And that's when the light went off. I was like, wow, we're on the same bill together. So apparently, obviously this client thinks that we're both like, you know, at the, the same, same caliber. caliber. Yep. So why am I not asking for this amount? Yeah. And that is when I'm like, you know what? You have to know your worth and sometimes go above what you think you're going to yes, get. Because yes. More than nine times out of ten, they're going to negotiate, and like even if you negotiate down, if you always go above, you'll end up getting closer to what to you where, where originally wanted. With. Exactly. Right. No, I think um, Bozema St. John said this amazing comment about like always, always, always aim high. Like the think yes. of the biggest number that you can yes. and give that to them. All they can say is no and no. give you a smaller exactly. number, and then you meet in the middle, and sometimes you end up with more, more. than you originally were. But like you really do, but you have to bet on yourself. Though. That's you do. the thing. 
You have you to don't. be really, really comfortable betting on yourself yeah. because you're like, I am worth this number that yeah. I'm asking for. And that's the and that's the key. I think you have to know what your be honest with yourself and your talent or where you are. Yeah. You know, because you know, two years ago I would not be asking for the rate that I asked for now because like I just wasn't you as good. You know, yeah, like yeah. you know, and as as you get better and the more you do the higher the rate goes up. Exactly. So that's why it's like I'm always so motivated to like, you know, get bigger, bigger clients and do more and more and more because like eventually like that translates to more dollars. Yes. So, but it's a process and like you have to be patient with it. You do. So this, I've always wanted to ask a DJ this because in this age of like social media DJs <laughs> where like everyone and their mom is on Instagram and is a DJ because right. they... Um, I think it's cute. Apparently can make a playlist. <laughs> right. So, what, how, do, how do you... First of all, how does that make you feel? And then how do you set yourself apart? Because this is your career yeah. and something that you are taking seriously and not something that like because you have a cool pair of headphones, you can put them on. I can DJ your party because yeah. you have a computer and headphones. My perspective now versus back when I worked in fashion about DJs is totally complete. It's totally different. Yeah. Because when I was in fashion, I was like, oh yeah, it makes sense. Like they're cute. Like they can dress. You yes. know, like the music is whatever. It's okay. Right. But now that I am a DJ and like I'm listening to transitions, I'm listening to song selection. Yes. Like I'm listening to like what makes a great DJ a great DJ. Mm -hmm. And I see some of the rooms that these other like quote unquote like models and influencers are in because of their following. Yeah. It does kind of rub me the wrong way a bit, but I understand like that's just how society is right now, yeah. especially with social media. Yeah. And I just, you know, I use that as motivation to just continue to get like better as a DJ myself because mm -hmm. I can give you a look, I can give you all of that, but I'm also going to give you a set that you're going to like dance your ass off to. The music that you're never going to forget. Exactly. You're, you're going to leave the party be like, that music was so exactly. good. Exactly. So like, I mean, it, it's just, and some DJs don't want to grow. They don't like... They, they're okay with just being like the cute DJ that's yeah. getting like the free clothes and product. Right, right, right. Don't get me wrong. Like I love the free clothes and product. Like it's of course, part of the job. Course. But at the same time, like my goal every day is to like become a better DJ, to yeah. become better at my craft and my song selection, to learn more music, yeah. to travel the world and be experienced to more sounds. Yeah. Like that's just my goal personally. Right. So it's just different based on what you want out of life, I guess. Would you have done anything differently in your career path? Had you known that you're going to be where you are today? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I think about that often. But you know what? Now that I am where I am and like I'm thinking about my future, I don't think so. I'm glad that I went to college. Yeah. You know, I'm glad that like I worked in corporate for as long as I did because there were so many relationships and just, you know, I guess, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, just how to navigate through life. Right. right. You know, like, my negotiation skills are better because mm -hmm. I used to have to negotiate with factories in China. You know, like, it's just like... Yeah. I can... Every day when I, like, do my DJ work, I can always relate that back to something I did in corporate America. Yeah. Or something that I learned in college. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm glad that I had these skills. Right. You know? And I'm sure... And this is one thing that I was thinking about. I'm sure you knowing how to work and talk with the corporate, you know, especially right. that, like, big retailer corporate yep. America also made your negotiating and like working with those type of companies so, much so easy and it's one of those things where like and i pride myself on this like all my clients always say like myself and my team we're so professional yes and to the t because like i'm like kind of ocd because i remember right. just like you know working with other brands and designers like you know trying to bring them into macy's and just yeah. how like sometimes it can just be like disorganized and just a turn off yeah so i just make it a point to just really be professional and 
it definitely sets you apart. It definitely does. For sure. I mean, you know, like, I'm not, am I going to be DJing for the rest of my life? No. No. Do I want to DJ for the rest of my life? No. I'm always going to have, like, those moments where, like, okay, if I'm 60, yeah, let's have a party, whatever. (laughs) But there are things that I'm working on that DJing is going to, like, grow and evolve into that I'm really excited about. Absolutely. But right now, like, things are, I'm happy. So what is next for you? Whew. So next for me that you can share, okay. that you're comfortable sharing. Um, so this year, my main focus is really is DJing. Okay. Um, but it's more travel. Okay. And more international travel. Love that. Um, I've been doing like a lot of things in New York, a lot of things in like DC, Atlanta, but you know, I want to see what the West Coast is like. Yeah. I don't know. Like I'm itching for like a different feel of things. Yeah. And it's but a only totally if it feels vibe. right. Right. You know. So LA, um, I'm planning a trip to go to London, Amsterdam soon. Um, they have really big like DJ cultures and scenes out yeah, there. Especially in Amsterdam. Yes, right? it's yes. amazing. Yeah. So I'm curious to just see how that is and what it feels like, and then just um, continuing to work on like my agency that I want eventually, right. which is like going to be a creative agency where you know if you want the best of the best, like photographers, mm-hmm. DJs, like event producers, like. I would represent them and it'd be oh, like an all that. in-house moment. Oh, that's amazing. So that's something I've been working on um, for a while now. And it's going to be some bricks that I've laid this year. So I'm excited about that. That help you build that house. Yeah. So I like to wrap up every show with a shot. Okay. So something small, something strong and powerful that you want to pass on. Um, and this can be in general or for DJ specifically. Okay. What shot do you want to give? I'm going to be general because I okay. feel like it relates to... Everyone. Everyone, whatever you do. Yeah. Is to be authentic and not only be authentic, but to understand that your story, your journey, your race is your own. Mm -hmm. Be inspired by that of others, but do not use others as like the blueprint. Yes. To determine where you are and what you're worth. Yes. Because, you know, someone else's point Z can be your point A and you can just be, you know, you never know what happens. Right. And I think that so many people today, you know, I talk to a lot of like, Younger people, I mentor at the Excellent Boys Charter School in Brooklyn, and just a lot of them are like so caught up on what they see on television and social media, which I get. Like, that's a huge thing now. That's all we see. Right. And I'm just like, you know, like be inspired by that, but understand that, like, you have the power to be even better than the things that you're inspired by. Yeah. So never lose sight of like what you want to do and like. Be patient. Take right. your time. Comparing yourself will set you further back than it, it will. It, you won't get anywhere. It will. And like, you know, I'd rather be, you know, I'm all about longevity. Mm-hmm. I don't want to become an overnight sensation and then I have like a burnout after a few years. Yes. Yeah. Like it's a it takes time. Yes. And it should take time. It should. It should. And it like should you have to like every everything that you do, like look back on it and say, Wow, I did that. Congratulate yourself. Like mm-hmm. learn from that. And just continue to build from it. Yeah. So I'm all about celebrating small wins now. So oh. everything that you do, you celebrate that. Yes. And sometimes we get so caught up on the next thing. Right. So we forget about the things that we've already accomplished. Exactly. But it's so important for us to like acknowledge the small, the big, the medium size, and yes. just continue to just like live life and just become a better person. So true. Yeah. So where can everyone find you? If they want to book you, if they just want to reach out to you, what's the best way to get in touch with you? So you can find me. Um, you can check out my website. That is www.kennethkyrell.com. On Instagram, it's Kenneth Kyrell. SoundCloud, across the board, everything is Kenneth Kyrell. Amazing. So everything from booking me to hearing my mixes to seeing what I'm wearing. Yeah. Like, yeah, Kenneth Kyrell, you'll find me. Amazing. Thank you, Kenneth. <laughs> Thank Cheers. you. Cheers.
for your next party. Yeah, turn you know, up. Exactly. <laughs> you, know, you know where to find him. Exactly.